Hello again, everybody. It is time for the Mainland Podcast. We are up to episode 174. We might just call this 174B because last week we did record a show and it was completely unusable. Uh, more unusable than usual, our critics might say. Uh, but I am Michael Citro. I am the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. Joining me as always up in Tallahassee is David Rowe. Dave, how are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, sitting here in front of all this new gear that I can't use yet, but uh, you know that's par for the course with all of our technical challenges we seem to have every week. Yeah. So last week we had a really good show. It's this is not going to be our best show, Dave, because last week might have been our best show we've ever done. It we might have been. We were succinct. We were to the point. Everything sort of flowed really well. There were um, no, you know, no major hiccups. We had no problems we had a great guest um and then all of a sudden uh i get <laughs> i get to putting the thing together and only my audio is clear and the uh the co-host you and our guest jamie yep. watson uh also uh, were it was like you guys were murmuring at the bottom of a well and um it was not usable at all i couldn't uh you know i don't know they they have these things on 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 TV shows, these forensic audio technicians are able to make everything sound wonderful, and I'm I'm apparently not at that level because I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's, but, it's, click, it's click, click, enhance, click, click, enhance. I mean, come on, simple. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was able to. It took me an hour and a half for a 20-minute interview. Uh, I was able to, through trial and error, able to get. Uh, Jamie's audio to where I could transcribe it into a post. I was able to do that. You can go find that on the website if you haven't already seen it. Uh, it is uh, the, the headline is a conversation with former Lion Jamie Watson. He was really good ahead of our game. He was great with the uh, with Minnesota United, and we'll I guess we'll jump right in and talk about that because that I, I I kind of thought well maybe we have to talk about all the games since the last time we did a show, and then. I thought I don't really want to do a three-hour show tonight, so <laughs> no, uh, we're going to we're going to do it as if there was a show last week that actually uh, was posted, uh, and that means that we will start with Orlando City against Minnesota United in in Allianz Field. It was on the road. Um, actually, no, you and I actually no, uh, yeah, would have ta- yeah, uh, been sporting Kansas City. So I'm yeah. wrong. We have, actually do have a double uh, a double game to cover here. Uh, it's it, one of many. And, and I thought, well, last week we did were, two games. <laughs> yeah, I said last yeah, but week. But as if you're seeing the future, you knew this would not be our best show. Yeah, well, I already said that it wouldn't be. So, I mean, I could yeah. edit all this out and it would be neither here nor there. But that's sure. let's face it, that's probably not going to happen. Um, no. So, yeah, last week we talked about the Atlanta loss in the U.S. Open Cup and the Toronto uh, FC game, and no one heard it, uh, but it was fantastic. Uh, we will start with Sporting Kansas City at home. The Lions uh, were, uh, you know, I thought, I'm just going to kind of give a brief overview. I, I thought that overall Orlando City played a really, a pretty good first half. Um, pretty much controlled the game uh, to where they wanted to. They had, um, you know, they had some scoring chances and uh, really limited Sporting Kansas City. And in the second half, it was a little bit uh, of a reversal. In fact, the the Lions kind of uh, 
you know, I hesitate to say they bunkered, and I talked a little bit about this in my column today. They're not really bunkering. It's not like they're trying to go into a, a defensive shell and not have the ball. They're not like it's not part of the the strategy. It's just what happens because they're not doing things right. They're not they're not passing the ball well. They're not confident. They're not comfortable going forward, and so they just basically, you know. A team that's bunkering will just boot it down the field and let you regroup. They'll come out and, and make you break them down. I don't think that's what Orlando City has been doing in the last few games. I think what they've been doing when they've led the game is that they've they've just kind of gotten nervous and they start giving the ball away instead of connecting to teammates. So it's a it's really a lot of turnovers more than it is clearances. You know, there's still some clearances in there because, you know, when you get that much pressure, you're going to have to clear the ball down the field sometimes. But... When they try to outlet it, it doesn't go anywhere. It gets picked off. Somebody doesn't, re- you know, doesn't read the run properly. They're not on the same page. The pass is poorly weighted or offline. And I think that's kind of what happened in the second half of that Sporting Kansas City game. But you know, the the Lions had, uh, you know, a pretty much a 500 record against Sporting Kansas City coming in. More or less, they were. 0-2 on the road against Sporting and 1-0-1 at home. Uh, so they had never lost at home to Sporting and had never beaten Sporting on the road. But uh, So that boded you know, well for the, the Lions with Sporting coming into town. And uh, 21 minutes in, Tesho Akindele scores a, a nice goal that uh, you know it was, a, it was a beautiful setup. Uh, Uri Rossell uh, with a nice through ball to send Carlos Asquez in. He makes a nice pass back across the top of the box. Good run by Dom Dwyer to uh, pull a couple of defenders out of uh, Tesho's way. Tesho puts it in the in the basket there in uh, with just 21 minutes into the game, and from then it was just a white knuckle ride. <laughs> um, you know, not the not for the first half. The first half was actually pretty decent, but uh, the second half was a white knuckle ride. It was a lot of Kansas City. Um, you know, uh, possession, some chances, a lot of shots, a lot of possession. Uh, in the end, Sporting ended up with 55.5% of the possession, uh, 14-8 shots advantage, uh, but only got three shots on goal, so they were you know, pretty wasteful with their chances. But I would say that Sporting didn't get a lot of really, really good chances. They had one excellent chance where they should have tied the game, and that was uh, late in the game. Uh, Benny Failhaber got in. Uh, behind the defense, uh, that would have been Shane O'Neill because uh, just 10 minutes into that game, uh, Kyle Smith got uh, smacked in the head by Tim Melia's elbow, and it cut him open, and it cut him pretty deep. He had to go off and get stitches. Uh, so Shane O'Neill was playing a little bit out of position at right back. Uh, Failhaber got in behind, he got the ball, and he kicked it wide of goal, and uh, that was a big sigh of relief because... Uh, you know, there would have been a lot of there. Already are a lot of ticked off people at Dom Dwyer because uh, in the second minute of that game, Chris Mueller gave Dom Dwyer a, a, an easy tap in with his head, and he completely made a mess of it. I, I mean, the man is. We know he's been in poor form, but I mean, he definitely needs to not have those crosses in where he has, actually has time to think about it because he's so he's so deep into his own head right now, Dave, that he just can't find his way out. Yeah, he's not helping his case with the uh, the disgruntled fans when he misses one like that either. Um, and you're right; I think it, it is that he's he, he's got the yips, and uh, you know, to coin a baseball uh, phrase, but he's he's got to do something to break out of it. And maybe, like you said, if it's something where 
it's too fast for him to think about it. He scores a goal, and then, you know, after that he breaks out. Yeah, I mean, he's... Something's going to go in off his rear end or off his knee or something, and it's going to break him out of this funk hopefully soon. But one thing I, I mean, one thing is not helping is hatred from fans. No, that's not it's not going to help not. anybody. Here's the thing: we kind of consider ourselves in the in the soccer world supporters of the team. You know, you don't hear that term in you know football, baseball, basketball. You don't hear supporters; you hear fans. Correct. Support means to pick someone up, to be there for someone, to urge them on, to to root for them. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean to get on. It doesn't mean get on uh, social media and demand that the the team immediately cuts the guy, or 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 you know, worse, saying something nasty directly to that player. Uh, it's that's that's not what support is. That's not what supporters are supposed to do. Supporters are supposed to support. You're supposed to... These are the guys on your team. You want them to go well. You want them to be in good form. You want to encourage them. That's the word I'm looking for. Encourage. Um, nobody... It's supposed to be it's supposed to be a ride-or-die mentality. Right. Now, if the player is... It's perfectly okay to think, oh, this guy's not playing well. I'd really rather not have him on, on the pitch. That's perfectly fine. But some of the... Venom that I'm seeing is just not. It's just not acceptable. It's not appropriate, and it's 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 definitely not the way that I think um, people should behave. But people are going to do themselves and and be themselves. And if the, if you're a hateful person, and I guess then you're a hateful person. But um, I don't see I don't see the benefit in being that way because that just makes it all the all the more difficult when. When um, when the player's already not going well and things are going through their head and then they have to deal with stuff like that. And that's the kind of stuff that is, I think, in the minority. But it's the kind of stuff you hear about. When when players leave, they say, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe some of the things I heard. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we heard it from Justin Merrim. Uh, and, and I don't doubt that some of those things were said, that Justin Merrim said, you know, that he had he had heard I mean, people said oh you where's the proof i mean come on you don't need proof people are going to be jerks and say things you, you, it's not that hard to believe but let's not do that let's let's be better than that that's all i'm asking is can we just please be better than that you don't have to like that someone's out of form but you know go get the next one man <laughs> you know right and you know you expect that type of thing online you know Many people online are horrible, horrible people. Even if they're decent in real life, uh, they get online and they feel anon- anonymous and and they will say horrific things. It's it's a well-known phenomenon. But when you're in the stands and yelling at this player that you, like you said, are supposed to be supporting, um, you know, professional athletes. Not saying that they always do, but they they should know better than to get online and read all the comments. But when they're on the pitch, it's kind of hard to ignore the you know the guy in the third row yelling at you. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen ex- examples of that. We've seen that actually happen with Antonio Nocherino, a guy who was trying to settle in in a new league in a new country, and mm-hmm. got into it with fans. And and you know, those guys have been, you know, they're not new. They've, they've been around. They're, they're not new to being 
criticized or yelled at or had bad things yelled at them. But I think at the point where they start yelling back like Notrino did, it, 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 it's gone too far because they are programmed to kind of tune that out as much as they can, ignore it as much as they can. But sometimes it gets a little bit too personal and they, you know, and they, they strike back. And I'm not saying that's what's going on with Dwyer, but I think that it's, I just don't think that it's far from happening because at this point there is so much hatred out there. And this is a guy who, you know, people turned out at the airport in droves just a couple of years ago to serenade this guy and welcome him. Mm-hmm. And, and he was, the conquering hero, you know, returning home uh, as yeah. a as a very accomplished, uh, you know, all star striker in MLS. Now, yes, he's had a terrible year. I don't think he would dispute that. I don't think that the, the team would dispute that. What I like about Dom Dwyer is that he's not letting it affect other parts of his game right now. No, people, no, he people, certainly isn't. People say, "Oh, well, he you know he dives too much. He does this. His antics are just we he can't keep doing this. His antics are hurting the team and." It's not. He's not doing anything different than he always did. He did he did he go to ground too easy sometimes? Always throughout his career, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, it's not any worse now than it's been. He's doing the same things he's always doing. He, he you know, Tesho probably doesn't score that goal if he doesn't make that run. And he's oh, yeah. do, he's doing a lot of good things off the ball. I mean, he's he said had a couple of really nice clearances in that Kansas City game. I mean, that's that's a striker doing hard work in his own defensive third. So he's trying to break out of this thing. And I think it's more... I just think it is more um, constructive to to cheer him on for that, to try to encourage him and lift him up. Because, honestly, confidence is all that he's really seeming to be without right now. So if he gets that confidence going, you know that he's a guy that can make a difference. And this is a team that's not scoring a lot of goals, as I pointed out in my column today. Um, a column called uh, Orlando City's Power Outage. I explained that this is not just a Dom Dwyer issue. This is a this is an Orlando City issue, and yeah. it's it doesn't seem to be getting better. You, you've got a forward line where three of your top four attacking players are in prolonged slumps. Nani has only scored two goals since um, mid-May, and they've both been from the penalty spot. He hasn't scored in the run of play since, uh, I believe, May 19th. Uh, Chris Mueller hasn't scored a goal in an MLS game since July 3rd. So that's a month and a half there. This is a, a problem. This is a problem across the board. Tesho Akindeli is the only guy who hasn't really uh, fallen off too much this year. In fact, he, he's he's given us way more than we could have expected, and including this goal, uh, which turned out to be a game-winning goal, by the way, as we get further and further from talking about sporting <laughs> Kansas City. Um so yeah, he uh, he scored the goal. Uh, Sporting Kansas City could not score, and it was a one-nil shutout. Um, and Brian Rowe, by the way, uh, equals the club record for shutouts in a season uh, set by Joe Bendick. So uh, congrats to Brian Rowe and uh, big three points at home for Orlando City. Probably that was a must-win game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, Sporting KC, uh, you know, not a top of the table team uh you're at home there's only you know so many matches left in the season it was without a doubt a must win and i think that um you know obviously tesho got the goal we needed and after that you talked about the bunker that isn't a bunker mentality um the nice thing is is that the defense is vastly improved this year and if if anybody out there disagrees with me 
come talk to me about it because you're wrong. Um, and uh, they were able to gut it out. I mean, absolutely just throw everything on the line to keep that ball out of the net and preserve those three points. Unbelievable game for the defense. It was, uh, you know, you got to give a special shout out to O'Neill for coming on cold and replacing uh, someone playing out of position the whole the whole game. He wasn't perfect. He would tell you. In fact, he did say that after the game, it wasn't perfect. He had some uh, a few miscues here and there. Um, not used to playing that position. Not used to being on that spot in the field. You know, he sometimes you revert back to, you know, what you are used to doing, and. Right. You know he, he he did well, but the central defense pairing uh, again phenomenal. Sane and Janssen, and of course Kamal Miller uh, filling in for the injured Jao Moutinho, uh played very very well as well. So, who you got for your man of the match for the one nil win over Sporting? Uh, for for me, it's going to be um, uh, it's Janssen by a hair. It really should be Sane and Janssen, uh, but. You know, watching uh, Janssen get up again and it was like watching a Rocky film as he got up again and again with whatever was going on with his knee to continue to throw his body in the way, you know, make diving headers after he had been on the ground in pain. Um, just the the absolute heart uh, that he showed wins him my man of the match. It was a very difficult one to pick when you're looking at the back six or seven in this game. Uh, Carlos Asquez had a very good game. Udi Rossell had a very good game. And the, the whole back line played well. Uh, Brian Rowe wasn't tested too much, but he was up to it when he was. And uh, he made three saves. Uh, I'm going to give it to Janssen as well. I think Janssen, um, he made some plays I honestly didn't think he could make. <laughs> he made a couple of plays right. where he, he had to track back with speed to win a race you know, against a much faster player. And uh, he did that. I mean, he was able to do that. Eric Hurtado is a very speedy player and nearly had a couple of breakaways. But, you know, Janssen ran those down before they c- could become an issue. And he made, you know, I mean, he was just throwing his body on the line, I mean, in front of anything that came near him. And that's kind of what made Saturday a little bit more heartbreaking for me. But <laughs> uh, we'll yeah. get to that in a moment. So I guess we're unanimous. Do you happen to write down what our predictions were before? Uh... Yes, I did. Um, we had we both actually had us getting points out of this one. You had it as a one-one draw. I had it as a two-one win. Of course, it was a one-zero win. So um, I was slightly more right than you were. Not that it matters because we were both technically wrong. Yes, we were both wrong. I had the correct number of goals scored for Orlando City. <laughs> and I had I had the correct result. Yes. Uh, and I should I should be given a, a what? Why is it whenever I get one right, which I did in the Toronto game, uh, which we talked about, but nobody got to hear where I did predict it correctly. I don't know, Dave. I think it's, you're not living right. <laughs> so, <that's cruel. laughs> All right, so we're, we're going to turn our attention now to Minnesota United. Of course, we had Jamie Watson on last week, uh, and nobody heard it, but uh, he was he was very much a a uh, big fan still of this franchise. And, uh, of course, uh, he earns his money from another, so, of course, he was rooting for Minnesota United. Um, 
he did root for a 4-3 Minnesota win with the Dom Dwyer hat trick. Now, neither of those things happened. Um, So, uh, but we, we go to Minnesota, Dave, and this was a, this was always going to be a grinded out game. Um, Mm -hmm. Minnesota has a very potent offense, Orlando going on the road. Um, you know, luckily Kyle Smith could travel. He wasn't uh, didn't have to go into concussion protocol after the uh, the clash with uh, with Tim Melia early in the Kansas City game. So he was there and able to start. And it was uh, you know it was one of those games you just knew was going to be you know try to steal points on the road, try to steal points on the road, and uh, try not to give up too much offensively. Um, and I think that Orlando's game plan was solid, but again, there was just not a real lot of of opportunities going forward. There was uh, some very poor passing. I, I really think this team needs about three days of doing nothing but passing drills, um, because there right were, now, yeah, there were so many giveaways. It was I, I lost count. It's it's just I don't know if it's fatigue because the you know, the core players of this team have had to play so many games during that long stretch because there were, uh, you know, other players were either out or, you know, maybe didn't, uh, maybe James O'Connor didn't have as much trust in them, you know, even though they played well in the U S open cup, you know, and you, you go back and you look at some of the performances Dylan powers had in the U S open cup and even at Seattle. And he's been a, a pretty responsible guy to have in there but during this stretch he really hasn't played MLS games and he didn't again so you had guys going out there on short rest now he did manage to get Johnson and Mendez a game off in the midweek uh, and they started mm-hmm. in the middle of that uh, of that Orlando City uh, central defense and they were really good and you know Benji Michelle gets a start it was kind of a 4-2-3-1 situation so you have Miller and Smith as the fullbacks. So you know you're not going to get a lot going forward from those two fullbacks. So, uh, you know, it was one of those games. And, and you just hope that, that they don't hurt you. And they didn't. It was a, it was a, it was a stalemate to, through halftime. It was uh, not a lot of good opportunities for, for Orlando. You know, certainly the bulk of the opportunities were for Minnesota. Not a lot of dangerous chances, but Brian Rowe did make a really good save on Darwin Quintero in the first half. And uh, in the second half, you're you're sitting there thinking, you know, maybe maybe they can just hold on to this this nil nil, just hold on to it, and and you know who knows. And then out of nowhere, uh, Nani gets uh, sent in by Tesho Akindele. There's a, a foul on Ikopara from behind. It's a uh, it's a penalty, and Nani steps up and kicks it in in the 70th minute. And Orlando City has a one nil lead with 20 minutes to play. Now the 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 interesting thing here it wasn't really brought up on the broadcast so much, at least not on the uh, the my sixty five broadcast. But uh, you know we don't necessarily have an automatic ejection anymore for the denial of a goal scoring opportunity foul. Uh, mm-hmm. But there there are red cards that are supposed to be shown if it's a hold or a push or a pull, uh, and it appeared to be a push. I mean. I guess the ruling must have been because it was yellow card for Opara. I guess the ruling must have been that he clipped him with his foot before the push, maybe. But I mean, it certainly looked like the bulk of what Opara did wrong was he took his forearm, stuck it in uh, the back of uh, Nani's sort of the back of his ribs there, and just pushed him over. 
So I thought should have been a red card for denial of goal scoring opportunity, but it wasn't just a yellow. It would come in to play later in the game. <laughs> uh, I can tell you, I can tell you that you know because I have to watch the ESPN Plus uh, version, not the My Sixty Five feed. They always give me the opposing team's uh, commentators. They were focusing on him clipping him and never mentioned anything about the push. So that's that's definitely what was going on on the uh, other side of, uh, you know, that whole thing. So Orlando, you know, they did give up one good scoring chance in the second half, uh, you know, a really good scoring chance for uh, Robin Lode, who uh, was just kind of the beneficiary of a, of a deflection. It was a cross that was deflected to him at the top of the box, and he took it first time. Fantastic right. save by Brian Rowe to keep it one nil at the time, uh, or actually it might have been nil nil at the time that he made the save. But it was uh, it was a huge save, and I thought really Orlando City from the 70th minute on did a pretty good job of managing the game. There weren't a lot of good opportunities for Minnesota to score, and then uh, you know you have four minutes of stoppage and two minutes into that uh, disaster struck again, Dave, late in the game on just a stupid play. It was just a, a, a just a routine throw-in, and mm-hmm. uh, Metzenier took it a, a long throw, threw it into the box. Ike Opara went up. He was he was pretty well covered, but he's Ike Opara. He's tall. He can jump. He's athletic. Uh, he got up over Carlos Asquez. He got at the back of his head, just barely brushed the ball, and it was just enough to change the trajectory of the ball. And, of course, Opara wears that, like, headgear around his head, that sort of, like, yep. thick headband-looking thing. So it came off at a bit of an angle, and it hit Robin Janssen, who was who was defending another player. It hit him, and it bounced right at the feet of Abu Danladi, who scored in the 92nd minute to make it 1-1, and just a crushing dropped two points for Orlando City, uh, which could have the way all the other, uh, the way that all of the other um, results went, could have made it as high as sixth in the standings. Yeah, it was uh, definitely disappointing, especially at that point in the match. I mean, they had done so much, and to have a, a little, you know, uh, pinball type. Um, you know, happening uh, in the box off of a throw-in is—it's just—it's exactly Orlando City's uh, luck or lack thereof, um, as we've seen throughout the season. And you're—you're uh, you're definitely feeling heartbreak um, right up until you know you thought, well, maybe we will get lucky. Yeah, the 94th minute came, and uh, Orlando City got forward again, and it was—it uh, was because of the. Debut, Dave, of Mauricio Pereira, the Uruguayan making his first appearance uh, in purple. He came on at halftime, actually, uh, and he had some good moments. And he had some moments where obviously he's not ready to, uh, you know, to be uh, involved with his teammates because he's not really sure where they're going and that kind of thing. He's had they had some miscues, but he did show some moments of brilliance and, and of the reasons why they went and got him. And and that included the 94th minute when he got forward along with Tesho Akindeli, and he, he, he gave Akindeli a, a, a pass and then was about ready to get a return pass, and Tesho hit the pass off of Chase uh, Gasper's arm, and a handball was given, and you're thinking, oh, man, if we could just hit this penalty, <laughs> it's a 2-1 win. 
And then they go to video review, and Tesho was about two feet offside on the on the previous pass. Yeah, unfortunately, he really was offside, and it's. And then you're back to realizing, okay, that's just our our late game luck again, because um, that that would have it would have made all the bad feelings go away if that had if he hadn't been offside, and and they could have gotten that uh, that two one win on the road, uh, you know. Against the former gaffer, you know, against Minnesota United, um, you know, getting an important three points on the road, all of those things would have been fantastic. Yeah, it's also too bad for Tesho because he had an opportunity to make it 2 0 uh, with about a partial breakaway. He got into the top of the box and had a, had a good shot, good opportunity, and Vito Minoni made the save. And that's, uh, I mean, I guess. Because it's Tesho and not Dom, nobody hates him for it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> had Dom done the same thing, it would have been, you know, it would have just been the fury that that I could uh, that I would have seen coming out of my computer would have been unmeasurable. Uh, but so he had an opportunity to make it two nil, and I talked about this too in the story. It's like you you when you have those opportunities because you don't have very many, they really become that much more important. Orlando City, Dave five shot attempts in the game three of them were on target so a good percentage on target uh, but if you only get three shots on target in a game you're and you're tr- trying to win a game generally speaking you need more than one goal to win a game most of the time it's really hard to be that efficient it is and you know Orlando City does a good job of getting one goal on very few opportunities, but they have a really hard time of getting two goals on very few opportunities. And it has come back to bite them in the rear end several times this season. So you look at the total, uh, you know, the the final stats and uh, shots are, are glaring. 22-5 to five for Minnesota, 6-3 on target. So, again, not a high percentage of Minnesota shots on target. Uh, really two excellent opportunities that Brian Rose stopped. Other than that, again, despite 22 shots, not a lot of quality chances. So the defense played very well again. I thought Sané and, and, and Janssen played very well again as a unit. Kamal Miller had a little bit of trouble at times with Ethan Finley, uh, but he's a center back playing left back, and he's a rookie. So you got to expect some of that. Uh, Kyle Smith acquitted himself pretty well on his side. And the defensive midfielders helped out quite well, like they normally do. There was just nothing going forward. Um, I thought Sebas Mendez, uh, in particular, was very, very sloppy in his own end. He ended up with a very high passing rate, but it seemed like every incomplete pass he had was in his own end to a Minnesota player. Um, and then, you know, just just not taking that chance at the end with with Tesho. If he makes it two nil there it's over the game's over and you've got a, a huge win against the second place team in the western conference on the road and instead it's a it's another draw that that just went along with all the other eastern conference draws and uh, yeah. so nothing's changed in the playoff picture i felt and i think i said this on the broadcast that got scrapped that from these this set of four games uh minnesota atlanta lafc and san jose that Orlando probably needs four points from that and another nine out of 12 in the last four, which are uh, New England at home, uh, Cincinnati on the road, Houston on the road, and Chicago at home. I don't think those are the – that's not exactly the correct order, but those are the four games. Those are all winnable games, so you've got to get nine out of 12 there. 
you get four out of these four, and you're probably in the playoffs. The problem is you just dropped two at Minnesota. If you had gotten all three, you'd have three games to get one more point out of that group, and then and and that would keep you on track. So now you've got to yeah. beat. You, you've got to go out and get points against either Atlanta, who you've never beaten. Uh, you've got to somehow get a result against LAFC, which this team is not beating LAFC, Dave. I'm just telling you that right now. No. <laughs> uh, I would I would be willing to bet uh, a very sizable fortune on that game. Uh, and then go out to San Jose, a, a team that uh, has played very, very well this year and has a very good offense. Uh, and that's yeah. going to be a late night game, I believe. So it's, it's again, that's a, a very difficult ask. So these these three games, you now need to still get three points somewhere when you just had that, and you would have only needed one point. So it, it's going to make the playoff uh, pursuit even that much more difficult, dropping those two points at the end because they were there to be had, and it would have, like I said, put them up to sixth place. Uh, then they could. You know, they, there's not that pressure. You you know, going into Atlanta, going into LAFC, you don't absolutely have to have a point in those games. It's great if you get one, but you've got the three in your pocket from the Minnesota game. But now you don't have that, so it's it's a case of what could have been. And if you go back and and just take the last four games, where or the four games this year on the road where the opposition has tied uh, the game late, you look at Philadelphia, you look at Chicago. Um, uh, the other one escapes me at the moment. There was another Toronto. So you take those yeah. th- those other three games, and that's eight points, Dave. This team would be in third place. Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's come back to bite them in the butt a few times, uh, and it's costing points. Uh, the one uh, ray of sunshine I'll I'll bring is that going into the Minnesota match. Um, Although nobody knows, we we did both predict a loss. Uh, you predicted a two nil loss. I predicted a one nil loss. Um, so you know, given your you know four points in four games, um, you you didn't have us getting any points in this one out of those four games. So we did get a point. Like I said, small silver lining. It's you know the actual results are disappointing, uh, but based on our predictions, you know it was something. Well, I did say Orlando needed to get four from these four to to make the playoffs. I didn't say that I right. thought they could. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> I mean, I did predict the team to finish eighth in the conference, so. Yes. Um, and that's exactly where they're at right now. Uh, so they're tied for the last playoff spot on points, but they do not have the tiebreaker uh, right now. The tiebreaker is uh, wins, uh, and then it's goal differential. So, No. That would be a no. Uh, so anyway, Dave, do you have a man of the match from this game? Um, once again, you know, you're looking at the defense uh, and what they're doing. It's um, There's plenty of uh, players in there that you could choose. Um, there were a lot of good performances as far as that goes. I am going to, however, give it to Brian Rowe. Um, he had some excellent saves um, that, you know, he maybe shouldn't have. Um you know that that definitely would have changed uh, the complexion of the game if they had gotten in and, and kept um, the Lions going. Um, you know, down the stretch, the one that did go in, uh, you know, I don't think there was any way he was going to get that one, so I'm, I'm not going to fault him for it. Um, so yeah, Brian Rowe gets my man of the match. 
Yeah, it's Brian Rowe, and he's, you know, he kept it from being a, a loss, and he kept it from being a loss, yeah. but basically with two big saves, and that's what you need. When, you're, when your goalkeeper can produce points, that's always a bonus, and that's what he did uh, in this mm-hmm. game. He got the team a point, really came close to getting them three, uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the big save, the save on load was ridiculous. That was a great yeah. save. The save on Quintero in the first half was a good save. Not spectacular, but it was good. And uh, it, you really the load goal was huge because at the time still nil-nil uh, with a lot of time to play. Orlando would have had to chase the game. That probably would have played right into what Minnesota wanted to do, and it could have it could have resulted in two or three more goals being scored as Orlando got caught forward. But, um, you know, luckily... Uh, Nani got that goal first, and Nani had a, a really, I thought, a terrible first half. Uh, he started yeah. in the middle of the pitch. Uh, he didn't look comfortable at all. He was turning the ball over left and right, looked indecisive, was yelling at his teammates because teammates weren't giving him targets. They weren't moving into good spots for him. And uh, in the second half, when Pereira came in, he moved out right and took Robinho's spot, and uh, it looked like a the old Nani. I mean, he looked good. He was really, mm-hmm. really, really sharp the second half. So uh, that just shows you what uh, Pereira brings to to this team. And that was his first appearance. Just imagine after he, you know, has some time to get to know the guys and how everybody moves. Mm-hmm. And I just think I just think Nani's just so much more comfortable on the wing. And he, you know, mm-hmm. I think he doesn't he doesn't have to play. Yeah, he has different responsibilities. He doesn't have to play the same way. And right. I think that that plays into his style much, much better. And, uh, yeah, the team was much more dangerous after he moved out to the wing. So, all right, Dave. So we we turn the page. We'll talk about Atlanta United this Friday. We will do that at the end of the show when we give our key matchups and our uh, predictions for Friday night. Uh, that was, uh, you know, that's, that's a game now that, I mean, Atlanta right now is playing great. Uh, they had another shutout win on the road uh, over the weekend, so it's it's time to it's time. I mean, if they're ever going to get that first win against Atlanta, it has to be now because they really need the points. And uh, and they fumbled two of them away late on Saturday. So, uh, all right, Dave, let us talk about some of the other uh, teams in the Orlando City family. Uh, we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> we'll do that right after this all right dave so the you know it comes now down to the time where we've got our ocb minute and we've got our pride (laughs) we're gonna have to have a pride minute because of the way they're playing um it's not going well for either side now um the at least ocb finally scored a goal it's been a while that's true, and and you said that in our internal chat that you didn't literally a couple minutes before they scored a goal. You said I don't think they're going to score a goal the rest of the season, and then they scored a goal. Well, that's called a reverse jinx, and I worked it to perfection, Dave. And no one gave me any you credit for that. Did. No, not one ounce of <laughs> you credit. Absolutely did. <laughs> Everybody was so in shock that they scored, they couldn't give you any credit. I guess that must be it because yeah, that's that's kind of how it went. Um, yeah, I think they're never scoring again, and I like I have to put that out into the universe. And then they do score, and everybody goes, "Ah, what an idiot!" He looks like a moron for saying that, but there was a method to my madness, and it worked like a charm. But unfortunately, it only worked once. 
and <laughs> OCB fell to Lansing Ignite FC two to one. I believe that is, uh, I think it's a billion and a half straight losses now for the Young Lions. I might be a little bit off on my on my uh, my numbers there. You could be, but I went out uh, and counted the stars in the sky, and it wasn't as many losses. Okay, and probably there's a draw somewhere. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, probably. laughs> uh, so yeah, Lansing uh, took a two-nil lead, and um, yeah, it, you know, by, before the first hour was up, and uh, then William Bagru scored in the 72nd minute to make it two-one. But uh, that was all that the Young Lions could muster in that match, and uh, it was at least nice to see them fighting back and not just getting run out of the building because they have had times this season where they have given up a goal or two and then just got played off the field completely the rest of the game. Yeah. So there's your OCB Minute. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. (laughs) (laughs) That one might have actually been a minute. (laughs) It's possible. OCB will play Tucson on the road Saturday night. Um, I have that as a 7.30 game, but I don't know if that's right because that's at Tucson. So that may be a case of where it said 7.30 on the schedule we were sent and, and maybe uh, somebody misread it. It was supposed to be 7.30 local time. I'll have to double check that. Right. So anyway, we do know. kind of hope it's a late game because then I get to watch it. Um, although why I'm watching OCB at this at this point <laughs> in the season, I mean, I, I guess I'm just a glutton for punishment. Uh, take the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> All right, Dave. So the Orlando Pride, uh, they have two games this week after they uh, played Utah on Saturday. Uh, Of course, no Marta in that game and um, no uh, new person. Our new defender. She wasn't there. (laughs) Julie King. She was gone. (laughs) Uh, Because she played uh, 50-some minutes and then got sent off uh, in the previous game that we talked about that nobody heard against Houston. Yeah, that one. Uh, uh, What came out this week, since we did that show, uh, which nobody heard, is that the NWSL said, hey, yeah, uh, Chris Nedman shouldn't have uh, have been called for a penalty late in that game. Uh, So at that point, it was nil-nil against Houston, and Chris Nedman's was, uh, was whistled for a foul in the box, given a penalty. Before the penalty was taken, Marta got into it, with a Houston player, I think it was Christy, not Christy Mewis. Yeah, Christy Mewis, not Sam Mewis. So she threw her to the ground and got suspended. I got yep. kicked out of the game and then got an extra game by the NWSL uh, disciplinary committee. And who even who even remembered NWSL had a, a disciplinary committee? Uh, as the Pride were the, became the first team in NWSL history to have two players sent off in the same match in that Houston game. And Epsel came back this week and said, "Dave, yeah, Chris Nedman's uh, should not have uh, been been penalized. Uh, should not have. It should have been uh, should not have been a penalty. So if it's not a penalty, then Marta doesn't get into it with the player during you know before the penalty is taken. She doesn't throw the player down. She doesn't get a red card. And she doesn't get an extra game suspension. <sighs> yeah, that's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of that's a series of unfortunate events there." I mean, Lemony Snicket couldn't write that one. Maybe no, he, he, maybe he did. Maybe Lemony just... Snicket is writing the Pride season. Maybe that's what it is. This whole season has been a series of unfortunate events for the Orlando Pride. That's, that's true. true. And 
we like the show, but seriously, let's turn it around for the pride, please. So no Marta and no King and uh, the pride come out against Utah and lose 2-0. Goals from Kristen Press and Amy Rodriguez. Same old things for the Pride. There was a uh, a moment of madness in this game as well, where uh, Claire Emsley, one of the the newest Pride players, got her introduction to Pride uh, to NWSL officiating uh, when she won the race to a loose ball before the goalkeeper uh, was kicked in the abdomen by the goalkeeper, and the foul was given on Emsley. <laughs> Well, she shouldn't have, uh, you know, used her body against uh, the goalkeeper's foot like that. Never hit someone in the leg with your stomach. That's just, that's dangerous play, Claire. It is. You cannot do that. That might fly in Scotland, but here in the States, we don't hit goalkeeper's (laughs) legs with our stomachs. She was using the stomach going for the foot. Oh, you got to stop that right now. We don't do accents on this show, Dave. There's a reason. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, of course, you know, so Mark Skinner obviously has to talk about this after the game. He has to talk about the officiating. He has to talk about what a horrible call it was. And it looks disingenuous because his team is terrible and he's, you know, and he's on the hot seat despite the fact that, you know, so much of what's going on with the team isn't his fault. Uh, and and he needs to ride some of this out until some roster changes are made. He still comes off looking bad because he has to talk about the officiating, and it makes it look like oh he's just trying to take away some of the focus of of, of you know the team losing so much. But no, it's actual bad officiating that needs to be discussed, and he had to bring this up. And I don't blame him for doing it. And you know whether or not he ends up being a good coach in this league, I don't know. You don't know. It remains to be seen. Uh, certainly, if the if the results don't turn around next year after some changes are made, I don't think he's going to be in this league very much longer. But no, um, you know, it, I certainly don't blame him for talking about that play with Emsley because it's a huge talking point in the game. Yeah, and it could have it could have changed the complete outcome. That could that could be a penalty for the Pride, and instead, you know, it's a foul on Emsley, and of course, you lose two nil and. Who knows how it goes if you hit the penalty? And you know, all that coming off the uh, the Edmonds quote correction, uh, I would imagine his uh, hackles were up pretty high. I know it would be uh, irritating to say the least for me. It, look, this Scott wrote a piece this week about how the officials for uh, the NWSL don't have to even be as high uh, quality as the pro referees in uh, in MLS. And if you don't yeah. even have to be as good as an MLS ref, I mean, really, how good could you possibly be? I feel like we could go do it, probably. I've said for a couple of years the NWSL officials were much, much worse than MLS. And I think that it's 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 been borne out the la- these last two weeks. I, I think the Pride mm-hmm. have gotten screwed pretty hard these last two weeks. I just think there's it must just be the color purple. Like, like you know, they say the bulls are colorblind even though they attack the red cape because it's the way it's shaken and stuff like that. But I think that there might be something purple going on in the mind of a referee. Uh, 
there's I can't think of a better explanation than, than that. Honestly, um, you might you might be hitting upon it. You've solved maybe, the case. Maybe we need to to have a throwback night and wear the old uh, USL red jerseys and see how things go. In, you know, in the old fi- officiating, uh, you know, from an officiating standpoint, see how that works. It we can call it a, just a, an experiment, a social experiment. That's right, and as long as we don't let a bull in there, we'll be fine. Yeah, no bulls. Don't bring your bulls to the Lions game, please. That's just bad form. Um, there might be a pets and paws night, maybe where you, where you you know bring your dog or whatever. But bulls, that's just you know that's just irresponsible. It is. All right, so the Pride Dave, uh, they get to lose twice this week. Um, oh God, yeah. I, I know, I'm being sarcastic and facetious, but they're going to Chicago. Where are you? They're going to Chicago for Wednesday night. That'll be tonight as this drops, tomorrow as we're recording. And they're going to Washington on Saturday. Washington's been playing much better this year. Um, I, I don't see a win there, but I would love to be wrong. Yeah, well, you should probably predict losses, uh, and then maybe we'll get some points out of it. Because well, we're always wrong in our predictions. So uh, They're going to lose both games, and I think they score one goal between the two games. Okay. Um, I'm going to also predict that they lose both games. Um, and they get a goal, but it's an own goal. <laughs> so uh, Alex Morgan actually played on Saturday. So maybe, oh, maybe... Yeah. Maybe she'll get an opportunity and and be able to score a goal. Who knows? Who knows? Um, at this rate, Sydney Larue still has a chance to be the team's highest leading goal scorer in the 2019 season. Dave, wow, that because... tells you everything you need to know about <laughs> the, this team. The team leader in goals is Marta with four. I mean, if if Sydney comes back at the end of the season, plays three or four games, she could totally score four goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, sad, but true. Uh, I think Metallica should write a song called that. Sad but true, or yeah, sad uh, but true. Or Sydney Sydney Larue could be the goal leader. <laughs> I would like to hear that song also by Metallica. That's a great idea. Sydney Larue, Carl could be there. yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I'm still mad at him about Napster. <laughs> Napster kids, yeah, so kids. Kyle Sherry, Kyle Sherry program back in the day. Oh, this this show, Dave. It's a good this thing. Is... I it's a good thing I decided not to drink during this show because I don't know where this would have gone. Um, but it's been it's been fun. It hasn't been a good show, but it's been a fun show. Oh no! Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're having a good laugh. I mean, I don't know how nice it is to listen to this, but yeah, oh, you and I are having fun. Gotta be awful <laughs> to listen to the show. Um, all right. So, like I said, uh, the Pride have two games this week. Uh, OCB has one, uh, so they can hurt us a total of three times. Those two teams. Uh, Orlando City plays Atlanta. Dave, this could be a really rough, rough show next week. <laughs> Yeah, it really, really good. Uh, it might be a quick one, though, because you see how quickly we go through OCV and uh, the Pride. Imagine if it's another loss to Atlanta. I mean, 
we could be in and out in like 40 minutes. We should do the recaps for those shows like like Ollie Brown on The Family Guy. <laughs> it could ring. What happened in the game, Ollie? They lost! <laughs> they lost. Oh. oh, man. Shut oh, out! Yep. <laughs> family Guy Kids was a show. That's still on, man. You can't. You don't uh, have okay. to explain that right. to the kids. All right, come on, <laughs> Dave. I hope we have some listener mail. Uh, I know we had some last week. Or, yeah, we had some last week, and Which we, we answered it. Yeah, we can answer those again now. Uh, I guess we could, but I don't think we necessarily should. I think we gave the perfect answer, and we would never, we would never be able to duplicate that. Well, it was our best show ever, so. I'm saying. Uh, Okay, so I am getting into my email now as I tell you these things. Okay. uh, I will say that uh, there's two ways that you can, in fact, email us. I'm sorry. Let me start over. There's two ways you can ask us anything. One is you can email us, themainland at gmail.com. The other way to do it is you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at themainland.com. And you can add us and use the hashtag AskTMLPC. And we will be more than happy, fantastically happy, to, you know, answer your questions. That's what we'll do. Yeah. We, we don't guarantee that there'll be good answers. You're going to get answers. Answer. You're going to get answers. That's all, yeah, you yeah. Need. That's all you need to know. Why am I talking like this? I have no idea. I don't um, know. Said no accents. That's not even an accent. I don't even know what that is. It's gangster, wannabe gangster, like, and I don't mean like, I don't mean like gangsta. I mean like nineteen forties gangster. Oh man, I got freaked out for a minute because I, my top email in my mailbox was MLS disciplinary committee decisions, and that's usually <laughs> bad thing to see in my mailbox. But I don't see yeah. the, I don't see the word Orlando in here anywhere. So okay, well, that's good. yeah, that's good. That's really good. Okay false alarm <laughs> alright so we got some questions in the mail uh, in the email we got a question from friend of the pod Lee Gavlik alright Lee uh, Lee says hello hello uh, in honor of college game day broadcasting from Disney this Saturday have you guys ever considered a live version of the podcast maybe a season wrap up special Dave would obviously have to make the trek to Orlando but I'd be there with some cold beverages and some mayo for the burgers or even better, if uh, if hosted by a local brewery or bar, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Domtimistic, Lee Gavlik. You um, know, uh, it's funny, uh, Lee. I was going to say, it's funny that yes, that because of something that Michael said just the other day. Yeah, I was just talking in chat the other day about maybe doing something in the off-season called PodCon, where we would get together at maybe a local craft brewery, and we would do it wouldn't be a live version of the podcast per se it wouldn't be live it would be recorded in front of an audience uh and then we would post it um the next day but that's what i kind of had in mind is something that we, we you know kicking the tires on this idea and how how we can do it how we can pull it off maybe do a gofundme and raise some money for charity and uh maybe give dave some gas and toll money <laughs> <We're coming down laughs> <here>. <laughs> uh, and then you know maybe have some auction and stuff and 
maybe have uh, maybe I can figure out if we can get a couple live guests to show up and and you know just do a podcast in front of everybody and that way we could do our ask us anything with a live audience that would be really cool and uh, just everybody knows I will pay for my own gas but feel free to buy me a beer yeah but then you'd have to you know you'd have to get a hotel room because you're not driving back to Tallahassee after all that beer that people are buying you and I'm not driving back to Tallahassee after doing a podcast down there (laughs) Uh, the other thing too is we would probably have to do it on an off night to get a local brewery to buy in you know like a Tuesday night like we normally record would probably be a good thing but I don't know how that would go over with the with the folks and I would have to probably test the waters on that and and so I'm kicking the tires on it Lee it is an idea that that we've discussed and it's it's funny because it's within just a few days of that idea kind of germinating in my mind and uh, I appreciate you asking the question so thank you Uh, we of course if we do this we will of course advertise it widely and um, and we would uh, we would probably do it like I said an off season and maybe it would probably take a couple months to probably pull everything I want to pull together together. So it might be like the January off season episode of the podcast, maybe something like that. Well, that makes sense. Cause I mean, asking people to, you know, do something in November, December would be asking a lot given the holidays and all that. I think January would, would definitely be a, a better go, but I would love to hear from, all the listeners, um, you know, you guys should know how to contact us. If not, we're going to tell you at the end of the podcast. But um, you know, let us know what you what you guys think. If it's something you'd like to, uh, you know, come and uh, if if you want to double your agony and not just listen to us, but also watch us, let us know. Yes, and also, you know, I'm sure I could find somebody in town that would hook us up with probably the best the best uh, equipment we've ever recorded with which would be nice. Uh, I'm sure some folks <laughs> in town cool. have like mixers and stuff and, and all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you would want from this type of event. And also if you are a, a local craft brewery owner or, or work at a local craft brewery or some other similar business and you think it might be fun to host us, you know, sometime mm-hmm. in January on a random weeknight that we could get Dave down here for, uh, let us know because, uh, you know, the more stuff we get donated, obviously, the more uh, we can raise for the Orlando City Foundation, which is what we would what we would be supporting if we did this. And I I will absolutely make uh, my part of this happen. You know, no issues. Uh, my new job is is much more uh, nice and forgiving than my old one. So um, you know, it's it's not only something that I I'm sure I could do, but it's something that I actually after you started talking about I was like that would be awesome so I really kind of very much want to do it yeah I think it'd be fun I, th- I think we should do it yeah uh, I think it'd be fun to raise money for charity I think it would be a good cause yep. I think it would be uh, fun to meet the listeners and um, yeah it, it would be really great and so it, if you have ideas it'd be, it'd be or... nice to talk to that was gonna say, it'd be nice to talk to somebody else other than you <laughs> well, I think every everybody that has ever talked to me has said something similar. Um, but yeah, I, I think we could do this, and I think it would be fun. But So let us know what your ideas are for this thing, and maybe we can make this a reality. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks, Lee. Kevin Springer writes to us, What advantage, if any, did Tesho gain from his offside position near the end of our game against Minnesota United? Well, um, I don't think he gained a lot of advantage... 
Kevin, but I mean, it is against the rule to be behind the last defender when the pass is made. So unfortunately, uh, offside is, is to me has always been kind of one of these weird rules in that there's a lot of ways that you can be offside and not gain a whole lot of advantage from it. That's one of them. Uh, the other one is when you were the old coming back from an offside position, because 99% of those, there's absolutely no advantage you get from that. And a whole lot of them are guys coming from the other side of the field and touching the ball on their own half of the field. And it's a ridiculous thing to even call at that point. So while, no, I don't think Tesho gained a lot of, uh, you know, any kind of real advantage in that situation, you know, the part of the game is to make sure you are where you're supposed to be, and he uh, he did not. He didn't, and it's, uh, I agree, you know, no real real advantage there, but uh, it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, it's also a true thing, and uh, a thing that happened, and you know, I, I always try to, even if it's just after the fact, go, okay, if that call was turned around the other way against that team, would I be, you know, happy, upset, whatever? Uh, and if, you know, the answer is, um, you know, I would want that call. If I was the other team, then, okay, it's probably pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Kevin has another question. He says Orlando has dr- uh, allowed a draw to escape. Uh, from the jaws of victory in stoppage time three times this season. Uh, were it not for this quirk, we would find ourselves all the way in, in fourth place. And as I think I pointed out, another g- game they gave up a tying goal, not in stoppage time, but late, would have been even higher up the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin wants to know, if you were James O'Connor, what would you do to fix this? <laughs> uh, I think that O'Connor is trying to fix it, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, some of them have been just, you know, weird things like the last one, um, you know, that are just unfortunate. Um, I'd, you know, uh, have a, uh, an Irish, an Irishman's rant, uh, in the locker room, you know, getting on everybody and then, you know, tell them to, uh, buck up and do better next time. I, I there's, like I said, on the unfortunate one, there's there's not much you can do, and then on the uh, the other ones, if it's if somebody did something in particular, then you train to not do that. Um, you know, you practice so that it doesn't happen again. Um, I, I think that's about all you can do. Yeah, I think if I'm James O'Connor, I just tell him go score a second damn goal, and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> there you go. That's I mean, it's it's that's what it's is. It's been a one these one nil games late where you. Here's the thing: Orlando City doesn't have a lot of height, Dave. And when you don't have a lot of height, you are susceptible to set pieces and and just balls getting lumped in the box at the end of the game. Like you know, the Chicago game was a header. You know, that that was a Sapong. I think it was Sapong that got the header in stoppage time. Um, you know, this one was Icopara out jumping everybody because that's especially the, the, you know, the the smaller side of the field. If you go, if you try to cross in from Janssen's side, you don't have to contend with any height at all. If you cross in from Sane's side, you just have to miss Sane, and right. really that's it. I mean, there's not a lot of height on this team, and and I talked about that in my story today too. It's it, it's one of the, the reasons why the team doesn't score on set pieces is because. This is a team, by and large, of a lot of short guys on it, and there's not there's not a lot of 
guys that are winning balls in the air. I mean, uh, for his size, Dom does pretty well at getting get the balls in the air. But it's, you know, guys like Sané and um, maybe Tesho could get onto some of these balls. They might be scoring on some set pieces, but they're they're really not. And on their own end, you know, when balls are sent in and you don't have a lot of, of height, you are asking for it. So you just got to not be in that position. And, and I know there's it's it's difficult to lead a, a game by multiple goals. If it wasn't, then they would do it more often. But I think that there have been way too many games this season where Orlando's gotten a goal. And because of the makeup of the team, and I don't mean mentally, I mean because of the way this team is physically put together and the fact that O'Connor has continuously been running out three defensive midfielders in a 4-3-3, these are not these are not natural offensive players. They don't they don't think in those terms. They don't react in those terms. Their instinct is not there to take the ball away and turn it into offense, right. like you like you know you would with a with, you know a more offensive minded player. And so that I think plays into it. I think that you get that lead and then you start to do the thing where it's like anywhere will do as long as we get it out of here. So you kick yeah. it down the field. You kick it out for a throw and you do whatever it takes. And you're not looking for offense, and I think this team needs to continue to look for offense, and and put that second goal away, and and don't make it, you know, something where the other team can come at you. There, there's ways to do it that you know you don't get exposed, that you don't, you know, you don't get outnumbered if you turn the ball over, that kind of thing. There's still ways to do that, and I honestly think Mauricio Pereira is a good solution to this because he's a defensive player that actually looks for a and and can make smart outlet passes and jumpstart right. the offense. So I think that that's you know, I mean I wish we'd have had him 10 games ago, but <laughs> yeah. you know, that he, he's here now, hopefully he'll be able to make the difference down the stretch, but we'll 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 see. Yeah. I I agree and and like you say, hopefully uh, Pereira is is that uh, that guy that that makes this di- the difference in these last uh, these last games. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, that is all I have in the mailbox, Dave. Do you have any questions in the Twitter? Um, there's no new questions in the Twitter, um, and we don't have to. Uh, there's one that I do want to mention. Uh, listeners may remember uh, Tyler Clink uh, had. The- Clinkster, yeah, Clink. He uh, he he did ask us uh, what was the percentage for making the playoffs, and uh, I said twenty five percent. I think you said ten percent, and we had a whole discussion about it. We don't need to get into that. What I did want to bring up is the fact that he said he does actually have a colonel in his family, and we both really hope that it's he's actually named Colonel Clink. Yes, yes. That, I thought that was important to get out there. It was fabulous. That's a fabulous bit of trivia. So yes. uh, thank you for sending that in, Tyler Clink. That's all the questions we have. If you want to uh, ask us a question or make suggestions for PodCon 1, <laughs> you can do that. Uh, you can either uh, email us, themainland at gmail.com, or uh, hit us up on Twitter. We are at the mainland, and you can use hashtag AskTMLPC. You can ask us what we think of... Uh, Sony and Disney not coming to an agreement about Spider-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. You can ask us uh, what we think of a fourth Matrix movie. You can ask us many, many, many things. They could be soccer-related. They could be not soccer-related. Uh, we are happy to take on all questions. Oh, yeah. 
All right, Dave, before we get out of here, um, got a new, uh, a new opponent coming to MLS in the form of St. Louis. St. Louis was awarded an MLS franchise today officially. I believe they're the 28th team. So there's that. Oh, yeah. That was that was indeed news. I don't want these uh, punks from St. Louis thinking they're just going to come in and walk all over us. Well, Minnesota did. <laughs> yeah, but Minnesota didn't walk all over anyone else uh, until this year because they were okay, pretty bad. True. They were bad, and, and if they didn't have Inchi, they probably would have lost to, to Orlando as well. But they did have also Inchi, true. so... Uh, we had to be we had to be summarily punished for firing uh, Inchi a year and a half into his three year plan. I think I think you're looking at it the wrong way. Uh, this is a team that we could maybe actually beat. Well, I mean, I honestly don't know. They're probably going to be in the Western Conference, I would think. All right, so we get to beat them once a year. We yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. So I wonder what they're going to be called. I don't think they're going to be called St. Louis FC like the USL team. Um, and uh, we're not really sure what will happen. Uh, will will they hire Ant Pullis as their head coach? Probably not, but you never know. They might. <laughs> yeah, who could, it would it would it would seem to be what would happen to us. Yeah. So we will we will find out more about them. Of course, we found out that uh, Miami's stadium site is a toxic waste dump. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I just cannot with Inter Miami. I cannot. They they have just been. If, if you ever use the word stadium and Miami in the same sentence, where it comes to to MLS, it's just the hugest joke there has ever been. I mean, from the search and all of the things that have fallen through to to now the story that came out today about the, the arsenic and other chemicals in the ground, arsenic and lead and whatever else. Yeah, making it was it two times or ten times the amount that it's allowed to have. It's just insane that this one franchise has had this much of an issue with a stadium. You know, I mean, and, yeah. and then, you know, if they were if they were Atlanta, they wouldn't even have to worry about it. Just go play in an NFL stadium and nobody, yeah, gives, you, nobody gives you any grief. Oh, so, yeah, there's been some been some interesting uh, news out there uh, today so it's been a it's been an you know it's been a day <laughs> oh yeah and it, it'll probably be another day tomorrow um, because it'll be the day after we record and so a bunch of stuff will drop yeah well I will have to cover the pride so of course it's gonna be a terrible day for me unless something unusual happens and like I don't know the ground might swallow Sam Kerr and so I don't know. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of some which, way that this could be good. Which we we don't actually want to happen. Earth. We're not advocating this for this planet. Just saying. No, we're just saying that if it was to happen. Yeah. You know. So my idea too of Paul Riley taking over the U.S. Women's National Team job. Uh, he says he's not interested at this time, and I wonder if it's because he has not yet been offered the job. So he's not interested in a job he's not been offered at this time. Uh, because i got to think the U.S. Women's National Team job pays more than the North Carolina Courage. One would think so. And, uh, you know, maybe this is just one of those you got to, you know, you keep asking him, you know, the old, uh, you know, can you hear me now? Are you interested now? How about now? Maybe he's now? posturing for money. 
It's like, yeah, I'm not that interested, but you know, if the if the price was right, kind of thing. You know, right. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, also, news came out today. Marta has been uh, selected for uh, Brazil's national team from uh, the first selection from new coach Pia Sundhag, who you might remember used to coach the U.S. women's national team. She has selected yep. Marta. She did not select Camilla. Okay. So there's that. Yep. That's something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... So next week, you know, of course, the U.S. Women's National Team will continue their uh, victory tour as they uh, mm-hmm. will host Portugal on Thursday the 29th. And uh, that will be just uh, two days before the Pride host the Washington Spirit. So, of course, uh, we will not see um, Alex Morgan, Ashlyn Harris, Allie Krieger uh, for the return leg against the Washington Spirit on the 31st. So there's all kinds of stuff going on, Dave. Yeah, oh yeah. And um, most of it's probably not that great for the Orlando Pride. No, it's so, definitely not. <laughs> Pride and OCB both mired in last place in their respective leagues. Uh, who would have thought, Dave, that Orlando City would be the standard bearer <laughs> for the club and having it having a chance to make it in the playoffs with a few games left to go in the season. Uh, but that could still go disaster- disastrously wrong. There's still plenty of yeah. time for that to happen, um, especially with these next couple games. Versus Atlanta Friday uh, at San Jose on the 31st and home to LAFC on September 7th. That is a murderer's row, Dave. That is a murderer's row. We could hit the uh, trifecta of madness. And so why don't we just get into this game uh for some reason, MLS is making Orlando City play Atlanta on Rivalry Week. I don't know why the Lions can't play their rivals, but uh, they're stuck playing Atlanta instead. Dave, what's your key matchup, and what is your score prediction? Okay, um, I'm going to focus on the good part of uh, Orlando City, which has been the defense, and they are going to have to be... Uh, nearly perfect. They're going to have to play as well as they've ever played. Janssen is going to have to throw his body around, um, you know, like he's never done before, um, just to give uh, Orlando City a chance. And that's at home. Um, despite a good defensive effort, I don't think it's enough. I think that we get no points out of this one. Atlanta comes in and does another. Uh, 2-0 loss to the Lions um, forcing us to try and get some points uh, away at San Jose or well that's about it I guess I also had uh, 2-0 in mind Orlando has played Atlanta twice this year and Atlanta has three goals and Orlando has no goals Atlanta has been much better defensively this year uh, than in years past Um, Joseph Martinez is on a tear it doesn't look good to me. No. It doesn't look good at all. Like there's no part of this looks anywhere near what I would consider something that would be a positive, <laughs> you know. So I'm not enjoying the fact that yes, I'm I'm predicting the same 2-0 scoreline. I think the key matchup for me is uh, obviously stopping the incredible firepower. It starts with Martinez and there's also the other Martinez who I call Pity even though it's probably pronounced PT, 
Um, yeah. Because it's a pity they got him. And yeah. <laughs> Barco and these guys, I mean, they, they just have Gressel. I mean, Gressel tears us up. Uh, he really has always played very well against Orlando. So I would say, you know, just having to slow down all that firepower is the key matchup for me. And they really need to play the Lions to get a result. They need to play so far over their heads that their noses bleed for a week to 10 days. Um, and they should have to go see a doctor because of it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the line from meatballs. Meatballs kids was a comedy starring Bill Murray. <laughs> um, and it just uh, doesn't matter. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, I would say, uh, not great, Bob. That's that's my prediction for Friday. Um, yeah. But I would I would be ecstatic to be wrong if Orlando could somehow come up with this Herculean effort to remain undefeated in the month of August. Uh, that would be fantastic. This is already, Dave, the most successful August on record for Orlando City. And when I say uh, undefeated, I mean obviously in MLS because they did lose August sixth to Atlanta at home at Exploria Stadium. Uh, by a 2-0 score um, in the U.S. Open Cup uh, semifinals, as you know. And that sucked. But other than that, in, in just league games in August, Orlando City is 2-0-2. And that is eight points from their, uh, from their August, and that is, that is easily their best August on record, so... If they, if they can keep it going, awesome. But uh, I'm not going to predict that because, again, until you show me you can beat Atlanta, I'm not going to predict that you can beat Atlanta. Like all I'm gonna say is, uh, Orlando City, it's my birthday Saturday. If you could win Friday, that would be the best birthday present I would get this year. So you should have just said it's your birthday this weekend, and then let them assume that they're playing on your birthday. Because now they're like, oh, well, so what? I mean, so what? We're not even playing on his birthday. Who cares? Yeah, but I'll wake up happy. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, it's worth a try. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know, that, I know they all listen, so. <laughs> all right, man. Let's get out of here. I think we've done mm-hmm. enough damage for this week. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who sent in questions for Ask Us Anything. Uh, you can, again, do that by emailing us, themainland at gmail.com. Or the other way you can do it is hit us up on Twitter. At the mainland is how you do that. And use the hashtag AskTMLPC. That's how you do it. Please read our stuff. We write a lot of stories. We like people to read them. That's at themainland.com. You can like us on Facebook. And uh, if you do that, then our stories will just pop up in your feed. And then you can just click on it and go and read our stories whenever one drops. Or you can, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and get our stories that way in your feed so that's a good thing you can do so there's yeah. many many ways you can follow dave on twitter he's at mainland dave and i am at mainland michael and for all of these things please please spell main like a lion's mane m-a-n-e because that's how it's spelled yeah. Uh, you can also leave us a review and rating on itunes and that would be cool and then we we would we really promise we would read your uh, five-star review on the air. If you leave us five stars and leave a review, give us a five-star rating, leave a review, we will read your 
review on the air. We do not have any since June 26th. Also, I, I think we've swept under the rug, Dave, a little bit that one of our uh, good friends of the pod, Lee Gavlik, mentioned that he would bring mayo for the burgers. And I, I meant to to put the kibosh on that immediately. because You, you did? He's going yeah, to be there with some. He, he's going to be there with some cold beverages and some mayo for the burgers. He says, "No mayo on the burgers. That is just an abomination." So what Lee is telling us is that when we're planning this thing, we do have to hire some security to allow cold beverages in and keep mayo out. Yeah, we're going to have to probably have somebody go through the bar and you know slash restaurant wherever we do this and uh, eliminate all mayo products and we're talking big guys in black suits with sunglasses and earpieces yeah and then they'll have these little flashy things that will erase your memory and you'll just think that you had mayo and had a great time that's right <laughs> but there will, right. there will be no mayo <laughs> be no mayo uh, uh, that'll do it for episode number 174 B <laughs> Uh, I guess officially 174 uh, because the other one never saw the light of day but we definitely recorded another one Uh, so that one would be like you know like from the vault collector's item someday if somebody can get onto my computer and get the audio and somehow restore it (laughs) to to something somebody at CSI (laughs) exactly Uh, We will be back next week to talk about Orlando City versus Atlanta United. For some reason, they're playing on Rivalry Week. I don't understand this. Um, Not being rivals, I don't don't understand it, but okay. Whatever you you do, you, MLS. Um, All right, Don. (laughs) We'll we'll, uh, talk a little bit about the pride at uh, Chicago and Washington. We'll do the OCB minute unless they somehow win like five to one over tucson then we'll actually spend some real time on it and, four to uh, one not good enough five yeah. to one sure you could yeah time. four nil would be the equivalent you could do four nil okay, okay. Um, win by four that's what we're saying yeah. so and then next week we will preview of course the san jose trip uh we will have some u.s women's national team to preview as well and uh and that'll do it so we will see you next week until then Uh, On behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro signing off the way I always do by saying go City, go Pride, go OCB.